You are listening to WHUPLP Hillsboro. Hello, my name is Gilbert Neal, and this is D Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. People of a certain age will remember some of these artists, but not the songs, for sure. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you're kind of a weird guy like me who likes to listen to this stuff that scrapes the bottom of the barrel of the rock and roll. But I don't mind. I do it for you. So today's show is sort of a revisit with one of my favorite bands of all time, Chicago. Chicago's first album came out in 1969. And as far as I know, their last album was uh, Chicago 30 Million, a Christmas album. Cheap thrills, cheap royalties, cheap, cheap everything. But at one time, Chicago was bad, 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 touring the country, uh, 200 dates a year, 250 maybe, releasing albums, one on top of the other, and each album had its share of hits. Hits, hits, hits. My God, I love some of those songs. I was listening to them uh, yesterday to prepare me, although it really doesn't necessary because I know a lot about Chicago. But man, you got to get Chicago 5, Chicago 6, and Chicago 7. Those are the best ones. There's little treats on every one of them, but those are the best. And I got to say, Terry Kath was an incredible guitar player. An incredible guitar player. You go see a movie, it was called Chicago, The Terry Kath Experience. And it's a sweet movie. I watched it this week. It's about his daughter sort of ostensibly looking for a guitar that he was uh, he had played on stage many times, had very distinguishing marks on it, distinguishing stickers and things like that. But uh, another part of it was the fact that she got to talk to every member of Chicago, including Peter Cetera, uh, who kept his eyeglasses on or sunglasses on uh, in the indoor interview parts. And I guess it's like walking on a minefield when you want to talk to Peter Cetera about Chicago. But he did talk about Terry Kath. And uh, I liked it. It made uh, made it seem like that movie that they actually did pay for, the CNN one, um, now more than ever. It seemed like a really cheap shell. But this, this movie that his daughter made, it was really nice. And she was sort of... Uh, she wasn't really emote, emoting. She was really kind of matter of fact. She was warm. She was nice. She was literate and convivial. She just wasn't one of those people that like broke down at the grave site and stuff. She was just, she had lived a life and she wanted to know about, more about her father. And uh, it was a good movie. So I recommend it. Stay away from the other one. Stay away. So anyway. I like Chicago, and this show is about Chicago, but it's not going to have any Chicago. It's going to be um, all stuff where Peter Cetera or Denny Serafin or Lee Lochnane or Jimmy Pankow or Walter Parazader or, in one case, uh, Robert Lamb either played with other musicians on their records or solo stuff that you probably have not heard. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. It's uh, It was a lot of fun putting it together. And after this set, I will talk about each one. 
But I'll bet you, I'll bet you that this, you don't know who this is coming up. I'll give you a hint. Two albums before this, they had released the number one album undisputably in the world. The cover is very distinct. Very, 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 very popular music. So popular that people were like kvetching because they thought these are going to be the new Beatles. This is what Beatlemania is going to be like. Everybody should know what Beatlemania was like in 1979. And two albums later, putting out garbage. But the guys from Chicago played on this, which is weird, but hope you like it.
What do you think? Well, we started that set with The Knack. Yes. Yes. My Sharona. They had that big hit in 1979. Everyone was saying, these are the new Beatles. Well, they weren't saying these are the new Beatles. They were saying, these guys are trying to cash in on the Beatles. Look, and the cover was very similar to their first American release and this and that. Um, and the album went to number one all over the place. And then the second one went to like, I don't know, number 15. And this was the third one. And the album was called Round Trip and it did nothing. It went nowhere. But uh, the guys from Chicago played the horns for like four measures of this. And it was really strange. The song is called Africa. 1981 and <laughs> then they would reunite like 10 years later we got to get the band back together man no after that peter satara his solo album came out in 1981 and it was uh god was it called something or was it eponymous whatever it was that was holy moly from 1981 and in the next year they would team up with david foster that hip making machine from canada <sighs> on chicago 12 peter satara sang a couple songs under the aegis of pc mobley and it was just a voice like this you know more soulful and blah, blah, blah. Instead of the high that he usually sang with. But this was also to no effect because the album didn't do very well at all. People were tired of Chicago. Um, tired of them. Anyway, after that, you heard someone named Gerard. He called himself Gerard. His real name was Gerard McMahon. And he recorded his first album, at Caribou Studios, like Chicago did. And the song is called Hello Operator, which is his first single from 1976. And he went on to a pretty successful career writing for uh, slick movies. Um, what was that movie? The, the Wild Boys, The Dark Boys, The Kiefer Sutherland was in it. Anyway, he wrote a song for that, and, and, and now, you know, you... And, and I'm sorry, but that that was like the type he figured out his niche was writing like cheesy action songs for cheesy action movies. But this was um, with the guys from Chicago Horn Section and also Peter Cetera sang backing vocals on it. And I think Denny Serafin played on this. I don't know. I know he plays later. And finally, Robert Lamb. Crazy Way to Spend a Year from 1974. His first solo album was Skinny Boy. And you know, his album didn't do very well either. In fact, it did quite poorly. Very strange for the guy who two years previous almost wrote a, an entire album by himself, Chicago 5, which is one of my favorite records of all time. I love Chicago 5. It's almost prog the way it sounds. If you listen to it, it's almost prog. 
And Peter Cetera is an amazing bass player also. And it's a shame what happened. What happened is that they toured too much for Peter Cetera and he wanted a, an arrangement like, like Phil Collins had with Genesis, which was do his solo albums, write his best songs for his solo albums, and then come back to Chicago and uh, maybe record a Lee Lucknane tune or something. And that would be that. Everybody's happy. The commercialism, the money keeps flowing. But not to be. And in fact, during their Rock and Roll Hall of Fame acceptance, um, Peter Cetera didn't even show up. It's just, just, I can't deal with these guys. Can't deal. I want this, I want this, I want this. If these guys aren't going to give it to me, hey, I did the Karate Kid song. <sighs> anyway. Uh, I was talking about the movies before, the Chicago movies, the one on CNN and the one that uh, Terry Katz's daughter did. But both of them have one thing in common, which is that they both talk a lot about cocaine. A lot about cocaine. Gosh darn it. I keep telling you people, cocaine is a bad drug. Don't do cocaine. You can smoke the reefers if you want, but stay away from the cocaine. White lines go away. Now we're having fun, baby. White lines. White lines. And Chicago did as much cocaine as any band on the road in the early 70s. And they say it. They're proud of it. They had a state that they had a little little booth up on stage during their, I think, 1977 tour. Where they would, if they weren't playing on a song, they would go in there and they would like snort cocaine. It's in the movie. Check it out. Cocaine kids, don't do it. So listen, this is Gilbert Neal. And this is D-Sides Orphans and Oddities. I'm trying to get through tonight's show, but I'm, I'm just not having a good day. Physically, not having a good day. But, you know, one thing that cheers me up is the fact that Peter Cetera... wrote a song and the Bee Gees appeared on it in exchange for the Chicago horn section performing on the song Too Much Heaven. You know that song, right? The Bee Gees, Too Much Heaven. Listen, I'm even going to play it for you. Oops. I'm going to play it for you and you're going to like it. Listen. To the first measures. That's the guys from Chicago. Nice, disciplined, sweet, tasteful. And in return, or Maybe it was the other way around. Maybe they did this, and then the, the, the Chicago guy said, oh, okay, we'll do it. We'll do your song. We'll do your crazy Too Much Heaven, whatever. So the song was Little Miss Lovin', which Peter Cetera wrote. And it's just, well, you know, I've talked about it before. Ooh-wee, skinny mama look good to me. Yes, siree, Little Miss Lovin'. 
I'm down upon my knees. I want to tell you that I'm begging please. Yes, indeed, little Miss Lovin. Sweet sixteen. Mighty fine in your tight blue jeans. Come on, come on to me, little Miss Lovin. And baby, you tear me up. And you kill me when you strut that stuff. Mighty tough. Little Miss Lovin. Little Miss Lovin. Never reached the top 100. Didn't even come close. But I hope they got their money's worth because one of the songs is a wonderful, wonderful, nice song. And the other one is Little Miss Lovin', which I hate. That's the beginning of the end of Chicago. Well, the beginning of the end was um, <clears throat> um, what's that song? Um, if you leave me now. Yeah, it's the beginning of the end. It really is the beginning of the end. The band didn't want to do it, but Peter Cetera wrote it and they said, well, we're a brotherhood. So here you go. Whatever. That was the beginning of the end. I'm going to play more music now, and you're going to like it. Here it goes. I love coiling with danger, living with style. I survive by my wits, and I win with my spine. It's a mystery from then to then.
Robert Lamb of Chicago. A lot of our friends and a lot of your friends aren't around anymore because they were shooting dope. We miss them.
baby. Oh, baby. I like it. I like that song. I always did. That was one of the songs that I remember when uh, uh, my mother used to drive us to Niagara Falls. We we lived in Buffalo, and uh, we went to Niagara Falls uh, to swim at a place called Dufferin Island. And all I remember about Dufferin Island is that the algae was like up to your knees. It was never, it was never a pleasant experience uh, unless you were in like the waterfall. Then it was kind of nice, but other than that, it was like, yush. But anyway, so in 1974, the summer of 74, you know, if we would be driving back, it took about 20 minutes, and it seemed like a long drive. But the Roberta Flack song. The Roberta Flack version of this song came out in June of 74, and it was a huge hit. She had a number one with it. Uh, She had had a number one hit in three consecutive years, and she was the first female singer to do that since the 40s. And it just puts me in a place. Um, But that was not her. That was the guy who wrote the song, whose name is Gene McDaniels. From 1975, she covered it first, and then he did his own version. And he had been in the music industry since 1960, at least, you know, recording some, uh, you know, ballads and things like that. But he was trying to reinvent himself in the 70s. You can see by his album covers if you look. And that particular song, that particular recording, had the guys from Earthwind, or excuse me, the guys from Chicago on the horns, which you can hear. Uh, pretty pronounced. It's sort of a, an extended song there, but I like it. Before that, Don Felder. Yeah, you recognize that sound, don't you? And a song that he co-wrote with Kenny Loggins, who was also white hot at the time. Footloose. Um, Footloose. This is it. And, uh, couple other things he did he was in Loggins and Messina your daddy don't your mama don't dance and your daddy don't rock and roll and uh Daniel's song I think it was called um but anyway Don Felder recorded his first solo album 1983 and if you listen very closely you can hear the horns from Chicago on that but uh they buried it in the in the mix it's not a bad record sounds very 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 much like uh long-run era Eagles, you know? Uh, Before that, uh, Robert Lamb with a PSA, Where Do You Think You're Going, from 1972, Um, which rings insincere, you know, because you know about Chicago now, and you know back then people could not have known that they were just doing truckloads of cocaine at that that time. So he just, he did mention shooting. So I, I I don't know if he shot. All I know is that right around that time, I told you about Robert Lamb writing basically Chicago Five all by himself. After that, his credits got lower and lower and lower and less frequent and less frequent and a little more not not as good. You know, it's like he did carry this songbook around with him in the 60s of all these lyrics that he had and all these songs that he'd written. 
And it's like he just dumped them all into Chicago's early days, and it was just extraordinary. And then one day he turned the page and he was out. So he started writing lesser known, not not as good songs. And uh, James Pankow wrote most of their later hits, him and Peter Cetera. In fact, uh, and you know you know this from my last Chicago uh, show, he only had one third of one song credit on Chicago 17, was it 16 or 7, 16? Hard to say, I'm sorry. Um, uh, he only had one third of a songwriting credit on the entire album, which disappointed me. Uh, the song before the song before that was a guy named Angelo with "It Don't Matter," with uh, Laudier de Oliveira, who was Chicago's percussionist, Danny Serafin, who was their drummer, the er, the um, Chicago Horns, and Peter Cetera singing backing vocals from 1976. Now, the reason I skipped a song was because the song after that was a band called Odyssey. The song was Home of the Brave. Not bad, but it featured one of the members of Chicago, uh, Donnie Dacus. Donnie Dacus was on... Um, he was in Chicago when Terry Kath had... Uh, killed himself they needed a replacement so they went in the opposite direction from uh very dis very distinguishable guitar player who was not thin and didn't have long flowing blonde hair so they got danny dacus donny dacus and he passed the audition he was on hot streets and the album after that, uh, Chicago 13. <clears throat> the album was like the first one not to go platinum, not to go gold. Um, and one of his singles, actually, they actually released Must Have Been Crazy, which I played on the show before. And it did not reach top 40. It did not reach anything. But I played it. That's why. But before that, um, he was in this band, uh, Odyssey. Do I have that right? And after Odyssey, he played on Stephen Stills' solo records, two of them. And he also uh, sang a couple songs, and he, co he got co-writes and stuff, and it must have seemed like a dream, going from Stephen Stills to Chicago. And thinking, this is my lucky break. That guy blew his head off. And now I'm in Chicago. <sighs> Not wanting a Kath clone, the band decided to look for a replacement who could boost their sex appeal. Donnie Dacus said, I used to do dialogue in top 40 bands. Dialogue is a great song from Chicago, Chicago 5. I just thought I'd mention it. Um... Um, there was, he was nervous, da, da, da. um, sex appeal, two albums. And in addition, also he was in the Milos Forman movie hair in 1979. So he had a pretty good career going before Chicago and he ended up with a pretty good career after Chicago. 
But while he was in Chicago, how could he win? The soul of the band died. The soul of the band. But they kept going because they had to keep, they probably had some sort of record deal that wasn't like, like, like was unfavorable to them and they just had to keep going. And after uh, Chicago 14, they dropped him. And then David Foster. I don't know. But they used to have a nickname for Donnie Dacus. It was Hot Licks. Hot Licks, Donnie Dacus. Hot Licks. Look out. Hot Licks. Hot Licks. And now he lives in Texas and he doesn't want to do any interviews about uh, his days with Chicago. He joined Badfinger for a tour in 1982, um, filled in one night in David Letterman's band. Um, so, not bad. Hot Licks, Danny Dacus. Hot Licks, Gilbert Neal. Hot Licks. Hot Takes, Gilbert Neal. Hey, speaking of the Eagles, I'm going to play you a song now that featured the horn section of Chicago, but actually um, a solo album by the guy who played drums on the Don Felder on the Don Felder song and who had been an associate of the Eagles for a very, very long time. In fact, he co-wrote one of their uh, more famous songs, Pretty Maids All in a Row, co-wrote Rocky Mountain Way with Joe Walsh. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. No one cares. <laughs>
This is WHUP LP Hillsborough. I wouldn't lie to you.
Gonna fly. Gonna fly. Oh, boy. So, you know, if you're of a certain age, again, if you were before cable, if you were going around the dial, you were looking at uh, Johnny Carson or any number of daytime variety shows or talk shows, 
you would often see this guy with a very strange trumpet that had one horn facing out and one horn facing up above it. And that guy was usually Maynard Ferguson, who specialized in, in those wild high notes that everyone could probably get, but I don't I never saw anybody else go, ah, so high, so wild. Maynard Ferguson had been recording since 1955. And in 1979, he kept going. He released an album called Hot. And the first song on Hot was Rocky II Disco. Now, Rocky II had come out then. And for the ceremony for the special occasion of recording this long disco song with Denny Serafin of Chicago, the theme of the show. He actually hired Sylvester Stallone to come to the studio and make those grunting sounds and punch a side of beef, uh, a roadie, I don't know, something. But that's actually Sylvester Stallone doing that stuff in the background. <laughs> Not going to lock me down. Huh, huh. 1979, man. You had to be there. He already, he already booked the studio, so there was no going back now. Anyway, before that, The Knack with uh, Little Cal's Big Mistake from 1981. Uh, more present horns in the um, mix. Pretty good. Before that, Leon Russell, who you all know and love, with Let's Get Started from 1978. Featuring the Chicago Horns. And before that, another song featuring the Chicago Horns, Joe Vitale, who had played drums in Barnstorm with Joe Walsh. His band, after um, that one he was in, I can't remember, and before he joined the Eagles. So he already knew those guys, and he was good friends with them, so... It makes sense that when he released a solo album in 1981, it sounded an awful lot like um, The Long Run and um, Hotel California. Um, not bad. Not great. Not bad. This is Gilbert Neal with D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. I insist. Orphans and Oddities. Yes. I was talking about... Uh, Hot Licks, Danny Dacus before. And um, he had actually recorded a song called Closer to You with Stephen Stills on the album Illegal Stills, which isn't bad. It's pretty good. Um, and then he recorded it again with Chicago. And uh, there was a little jiggery-pokery with the, the middle eight, which I'm not going to play for you now. But... If you listen, there's there's two versions of the song. One he recorded with Stephen Stills group and another one he, you know, they slicked it up for him. And instead of putting it on the album, they threw it on a B-side. Maybe it was the B-side for um, Street Player. I don't know. But it didn't go anywhere. But, you know. I just hate my own voice some days. 
So, you know, next week, I'm going to play some Frank Zappa. But I'm not going to play the Frank Zappa that you're used to. No. No. In fact, I'm going to throw in some Elephant's Memory from around that time. Around 1971, 72. Because you all know what happened that year, don't you? Yeah, you know. That was when John and Yoko showed up at Frank's hotel room and said, we really want to, you know, Frank said, do you guys want to jam with us tonight? We're doing a show. You guys want to jam with us? And John said, well, not me, but Yoko would love to jam with you guys. And Frank probably just furrowed his brow and said, all right, show up at the sound booth like, I don't know, an hour before the show and we'll talk about what you're going to do and... By the time they were done with their set, Frank Zappa or John Lennon was all excited. Oh, man, I'm going to do it. I'm going to rock with these guys. And it just turned out sometime in New York City is what I'm getting at around that era. The craziness of John and Yoko around that time. And their many, many tentacles. Like, uh, um, who's that guy? Post smokes dope. What's his name? David Peel. Um, <sighs> Elephant's Memory. I'll play some Yoko solo stuff. And I'm going to play John Lennon's set with Frank Zappa, but not the not the version you're used to. Not the version with on sometime from New York City. Because the agreement was that the two of them were going to mix it together. And by the time Frank Zappa realized what had happened, John Lennon threw it out on sometime in New York City. And he just really didn't like it because, um, well, I'll talk about it next week. Anyway, I'm going to play you a song by the guys who sang for Fred for Frank Zappa back then, uh, Flo and Eddie, who were in um, uh, The Turtles. Uh, I just hate today. I just hate my voice. I'm sorry. I'm just, but I got to tell you this stuff because you got to know. <sighs> Howard Kalin and Mark Volman. You know them from the Turtles. They're big hits. Happy Together. You Showed Me. Eleanor. She's My Girl. All really, really good stuff. But somehow they ended up in the Mothers of Invention. And they were there at that show. And while John Lennon turned their voices down so that it could claim, no, 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 next week, next week, next week, if I make it. Anyway, this is Flo and Eddie from 1975 with the Chicago Horns. See if you can pick them out. Damn, that was <laughs>
balanço no balanço legal Fica no balanço no balanço que sorriga o sol the minimum minimum wage and so that's where i started come to find out very quickly that working in a record store is not fun because it has almost nothing to do with records and music it has everything to do with selling stuff with operating the cash register and at the time there was a ticket office in record theater and i would have to run the tickets into this database and i was i was an ape i didn't know what i was doing so these people would come up to me in the counter when I was doing ticket duty, which was something I dreaded. And uh, they'd say, well, I want front row seats to see the Whispers, or I want front row seats to see Bobby Brown, or I want front row seats to see uh, Anthrax or Leonard Skinner or whoever was coming through town. Uh, well, the fake Leonard Skinner. Anyway, and I had to go through this rigmarole, and it's really difficult. It's not like today when you have all these computers and stuff. Everything was paper. Anyway. I worked for Record Theater for a very, very brief amount of time and uh, got very disillusioned very quickly and stopped working there one day. I don't think they even noticed. Maybe they're still waiting for me. I don't know. Before that, Marvin Gaye from the um, Trouble Man soundtrack, T Plays It Cool. And before that, um, the opening credits to a movie that Walt Disney did called The Barefoot Executive featuring Kurt Russell. 
Kurt Russell, here's a trivia question for you. What were Walt Disney's last words before he shuffled off his mortal coil? They were Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Can you imagine Walt Disney, a year, just just a career that nobody had equaled, winning so many Academy Awards, and his last words were Kurt Russell. You know, I hope my last words are to Kurt Russell. I can, I'm practicing now. They're not going to be Kurt Russell. I'm telling you. And they call her the unholy roller. But if you get to know her, maybe you find the lady that's hiding inside.
Well, that was awesome. That was Marvin Gaye and the theme from Trouble Man. Some people say I'm kind of a trouble man. Uh, Human Resources says that. Before that, a little slice of trivia. Thanks to my good friend Rick Runyon, who's also the man who came up with the name of this show. And he um, knew that the, 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 the movie Unholy Roller from 1972 was um was it Martin Scorsese one of his early movies Martin Scorsese uh I think edited it or produced it or something let me see what he did what did he do well Martin Scorsese did something to it and that's why we remember it's a, a gritty down and dirty roller derby movie from 1972 it predates um Kansas City Bombers with Raquel Welch and um Rollerball with James Caan, uh, Unholy Roller from 1972, the theme Stay Away from Karen by Louis and the Rockets. Whatever happened to Louis and the Rockets? Well, this is Gilbert Neal, D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities on WHUPFM.org, and we're winding down another beautiful, wonderful Saturday show. And this is the Begathon, so I'm asking you one more time. Please consider coming on our website, getting on our web, going on our appearing on our, visiting our website at whupfm.org and making a contribution, you know, a cash-like contribution, and all your contributions are tax-deductible, hence the .org. And we promise not to mine your data, notify the thought police of your, this is written for me, thought police of your listening habits, or otherwise invade your privacy or your privacy, other than to warp your minds with our penetrating blend of music and conversation. And I thought that my prattle was pernicious. Well, anyhow, thank you once again for joining me. I'm going to play this song because it should take me up to the top of the hour. But even if it doesn't, you'll hear me from another week um, on Rivendell. Thank you for joining me. Uh, please visit me on the Facebook uh, let me know that you're listening. Let me know that you like what I'm doing. If you have any requests or any ideas for any shows that center around the late 60s or the entire decade of the 70s, please let me know. And I will do that thing and I will make that thing happen. I will. Wait a second here. Oh, I know what I did wrong. Okay, hang on a second. Music.
Can't you hear me? I've been talking very loud. You sure are sleeping sound. Your hands are very cold. Is something wrong? There are so many things I meant to say. Oh, Hannah. I'm too late. Streaming live at 1047. Streaming live at W8. It's the show where we look back into the past, the not so distant past. Look into the past, 